Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Impossible Podcast. Today on the show, I've got my good friend, Chris Gillibo. He's the author of the Art of Nonconformity blog. He's the host of the very popular podcast, Side Hustle School. He's the author of five books, including his latest one, Side Hustle. This week, we're talking about side hustles, how having a side hustle can change your perspective on what you think is possible. And personally, I have to thank Chris a lot. Chris was one of the first people that made me think it was possible to live life differently and do something impossible. He was the biggest influence on me when I first started blogging. And if you look up in the archives of the site, you'll find out that Chris's meetup for the first book that he wrote was the impetus for me to start my own blog. But a couple of things first before we get into the interview. First of all, if you're trying to start something new this new year and you're having a hard time getting off the ground, the best way to do that is to change your mindset. We're doing that this month as a group through the Cold Shower Therapy Winter Challenge. If you go to impossiblechallenges.com, you can join a Facebook group. And there we have a group of people who are doing the Cold Shower Therapy Challenge over the next 30 days. We're doing it through the winter because it's freezing, it's cold, it's uncomfortable, and that's what we're practicing, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable so when it comes to the other things in life, we can do those too. So check that out at impossiblechallenges.com. It's a cool little community of people doing hard things. Also, at the end of the show, I'll be giving away three copies of Chris's new book, Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. If you guys want to know how to win that book, go ahead and listen to the end of the episode where I'll give you instructions on how to do just that. Also, if you guys need a reminder every day to push your limits and do something impossible, go check out impossiblegear.com. It's the best way to get comfortable while doing something uncomfortable. And if you wear your Impossible shirt while starting your next business idea, you might just start the next SpaceX. It's true. So check that out at impossiblegear.com. All right, that's all I've got for news and announcements for today. Let's go ahead and jump into my interview with Chris Gilbo. All right, and uh, we're live. Today, I've got Chris Gillibo, visitor of 193 countries, creator of the Art of Nonconformity website, the World Domination Summit Conference he put he hosts, he hosts every year in Portland, uh, and the host of the Side Hustle School podcast that's gotten over 12 million downloads last year. Did I did I get that number right? Yeah, I just keep clicking. You know, every day, I'm like, <laughs> I get my you know, two dozen downloads to try to get it up there. So 12 million downloads last year Got the cat working and, on too. <laughs> and the author of five books, including your latest side hustle from idea to income in 27 days. Chris, welcome to the show. Dude, it's a huge honor. I've been following your work for years, as you know, and it's been uh, just amazing to see all the stuff that, that you've done. So can't wait to see what you do next. So before we get into that, I, I actually, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, I... Chris is one of three integral people that's responsible for me trying to start a blog and do the online thing and figuring out back when I was a unemployed UPS worker <laughs> that you could go do something different other than try to get a crappy job or try to call Starbucks and have them not respond right. to you. And uh, so, Chris, I have to I, I 
I did the annual review that I've been doing the last seven years because of you last uh, the last week. And uh, I need to let everybody know uh, the impact that you had uh, in shaping the last five to seven years of my life. Dude, that's amazing. Well, cool. Like I said, you've been a big part of all, all of our stuff too, you know? So it is it is mutual. And I, I think I forgot the whole thing about UPS. We must have talked about that like five years ago because, you know, I, my last job, you know, way back when I was 19 was working for FedEx, basically. And like, I, you know, quit that job, obviously. Like I worked there for like three weeks and then left one day and never returned. So I, I totally forgotten that we had that in common. Yeah, I think it's uh, there's something about the the manual labor of picking up boxes and setting them back down and trying to... I was, uh, I think you were, you were in the warehouse. I was, uh, doing the runs to, uh, uh, the houses and trying not to get chased by dogs or slip on ice in the dead of winter in Chicago. Wow. And there's something about that, that you're like, you know, there's, there's gotta be better options out there. Sure. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not the best long-term plan, you know, like it's character building like, for like 10 days and then you're like, okay, what's next? <laughs> You're like, I don't know if I could do the entrepreneur thing, but I, uh, for me, uh, I, I did the UPS thing in the middle of the economic down t- downturn in 2009. And so they, they hired for extra help and, um, it, the economy was so bad. People weren't even sending packages. So I didn't even need, they didn't even need me. Mm-hmm. And so my first paycheck after, uh, after all the, uh, the union dues and everything else came out to like seven dollars. Wow! And that was <laughs> you're like, I need to do something different, basically. Yeah, and so I was I was filling my other time with just reading uh the world brief guide to world domination and your other one, awesome. uh two two hundred seventy nine days to uh what uh, that was the world domination one. But um, so I want to talk about a couple things. But if you want to give people a, a little bit of your backstory, because we can just kind of just talking about it without uh, filling people in. A little bit about your backstory about traveling, uh, the 193 Project, and then we'll get into what you're working on now. Yeah, uh, cool. Thanks. Well, you said some really kind things about some of my work. I'm an author, uh, traveler, entrepreneur. I've been uh, working for myself for 20 years now. And, uh, you know, initially out of necessity, like we were just talking about, uh, but somewhere along the way, I actually forged a bit of a career from it. Uh, I spent four years living in West, West Africa as an aid worker, and that was a very transformative experience for me, kind of just, you know, changed how I thought about life and the world and travel and culture and all kinds of stuff. So coming back from that, uh, I, I was turning 30 and I was like, okay, like what's next? Uh, I've been fortunate to do a number of different things, but there's nothing that kind of connects them or ties them together. And so that's when I started The Art of Nonconformity and uh, also officially began the quest uh, to visit every country in the world, uh, which is my Instagram handle, 193 countries. That was the Project 193 that you mentioned. And I had been doing it kind of informally on my own, like no public component for probably the first you know, 70 or 80 countries or so. Uh, but then I started writing about it. Um, and this was in 2008. And uh, began writing about the quest, and it, it kind of evolved to writing about other stuff, like how to how to you know find alternative solutions, you know, to life, how to live the life that you want, not the one that other people expect or presume that you should have. How to kind of navigate different situations like that, and then um, everything kind of came from there, like the books and the you know conference and. Uh, everything else. It wasn't strategic. It's not like 10 years ago, I said, oh, I'm going to start this blog and it's going to lead to this new career. It was more like, I feel like I have something to say, so I'm going to start writing about it. And 
I'm going to learn, you know, along the way. And I, I started doing meetups around the country and around the world. I think you were at a couple of them, Joel. And like, we, it's like everything I did informed what, ha- what happened next. So now I have a, a global community, you know, just like you do with Impossible Project. And uh, I, I just feel fortunate that I can write and travel and now produce the podcast and, and do, do fun stuff like that. And so a couple of the things that I think immediately drew people to your story was one, you had the the global project of 193 countries. And I, I remember thinking when I was at UPS, I, I, you launched your site maybe like a year and a half before I was like in this rut of everything. And so when I was unemployed and trying to find something back in 2009, I kind of glommed onto your site. And I think I read every single post, you know, two or three times. So I'm sorry uh, about that because some of them weren't, weren't that great. <laughs> But I went through, you know, all that. And I think what kind of drew people was this, you, you had this quote that you don't have to live uh, the life, your life the way anybody tells you to or uh, an amalgamation of something like that. And that's kind of informed the last five books that you've written. And last year you came up, um, you kind of did something way outside your comfort zone or way outside what you have done with this podcast. And can you talk a little bit about how you move from um, kind of generically talking about changing, you know, uh, art and nonconformity, mm-hmm. doing things differently, and then specifically focusing on um, the practical ways you could do that with businesses and side hustles. Yeah. Okay. So, so a few different points there. I think, uh, you know, first of all, I think there's a, just a great saturation of so-called thought leaders and, you know, everybody's like kind of building this, this pillar to themselves. And it's not all negative like that. I know it sounds negative to say it that way, but, uh, I do believe everybody has something to say. Everybody has a message, but I think, you know, just, just, uh, considering it from a business perspective or an impact perspective, um, I feel that a lot of people are, are just kind of frustrated with maybe broad general messages. And I think the future, or at least the present, I think what people are looking for now is, is less strategy and more tactics, you know, which is kind of the opposite of what you've always heard. You know, I think people actually want to want to, you know, hear, okay, here's exactly what you go can go, go and do. And if you do this, it's going to give you options to do what's important to you. So I'm not telling you what to do with your life. That's for you to figure out. Um, but if I can provide tools, you know, and practical support for you to make the choices that are important to you, then that's great. And that's what I'm doing with the side hustle school project. So that's the first point. I think the second thing is, uh, last year I had a different book out called born for this. I went and did a tour of about 30 cities and, um, I would give like a 30 minute stump, stump speech. And in that 30 minutes for like one minute, I would mention side hustles and I'd be like, Oh, by the way, it's like a little side note, you know, no matter what else you're doing, you should have more than one source of income. Even if you love your job, you know, for all kinds of reasons. And here are some stories of people who are doing that Here are a couple of practical things you can do. So it would just be like one minute of the 30 minute talk. And then afterwards, pretty much everywhere I went, like 50% of the questions would be about that. And so I was like, okay, you know, but basically people, my, my audience is telling me like what they want essentially. And this is a topic that I'm qualified, you know, to do. It's what I've been doing for 20 years. I've never actually had like the real job. I've never actually built a huge company or anything, but I, I know a lot about, you know, starting these small kind of projects and I've been writing about side hustles. I just hadn't really focused at it and said like, okay, that's going to be my thing. So I decided to kind of go all in, which kind of leads me to the third point. I was like, okay, for 2017 and now 2018 as well, um, you know, this is going to be my thing because I have I, one strength and weakness is I like to do a lot of different stuff. 
And in some ways, like I said, it's a strength and I would never want to just choose one thing, but in other way, other ways, like I can sometimes feel divided and like not, you know, not giving enough attention to something that needs more attention. So I was like 2017, 2018, the year of the side hustle basically, uh, for me. And so that's when I started the podcast that is every single day, seven days a week. That's when I wrote the book. That's when I'm doing a new tour, which is so far taking me to about 45 cities. Um, I want to get to hundred cities before I stop. So I wanted to make that my whole, my whole focus. Uh, what I like about the podcast is that it's short, like you, you mentioned switching to tactics, mm-hmm. like too close for strategy, switching to tactics or something like yeah. that. You know, like um, the the show is what, five to five to eight minutes. I don't think anything really goes over 10 minutes, but they're short, actionable ideas. And it almost is uh, if someone comes to the table with excuses of why they can't come up with a business. The show is basically a waterfall that mm-hmm. just cascades over all their excuses. So mm-hmm. like, Hey, we have, that's great. I love 400, that. That's good. I should put that on the a, website. Joel Runyon. It's a waterfall that cascades over your excuses. There you go. Uh, but it's, it's 400 examples of real people building, you know, these businesses from, you know, or side hustles from $400 a month, to you know, 20 you know, crazy businesses that are legitimately changing people's lives. And, um, do you have any do you have any uh, specific stories that have really stuck out or people that um if people are thinking about hey uh you know I you know but what about me what like do you have any specific stories that really pop out that you like to kind of pull out of your back pocket when you're talking about this Yeah I mean I have so many you know one of the, one of the go-to ones is uh, uh Teresa Greenway who's who's a bit older and wasn't as familiar with technology as as some of us are and uh she was always passionate about baking bread like that was her thing she's really good at baking sourdough bread so her daughter ended up helping her like film this course like a Udemy course in her kitchen using her iPhone and basically was like, we're going to make this course of you, you know, teaching people how to bake sourdough bread. We're going to put it online, showed her how to do it. And that course made like $25,000 the first year. And then the second year, she's like, okay, I'm going to really go all in with this. And she did five courses. They were all about baking bread. They're all about sourdough bread. She's like owning the sourdough bread niche, you know? So, uh, and the funny thing is like this, you know, this sourdough bread empire, you know, last year it, it brought her like $85,000. And so first of all, $85,000, it's amazing. But second of all, uh, she was actually in a really rough spot when she started this project. Uh, she, she was living in poverty and she had left an abusive relationship. She had a son with, with autism and she was working as a housekeeper in a motel. So it's basically the equivalent of, you know, the UPS FedEx job, except instead of being 20, like you and I were, you know, she was like 60 something and, you know, had had been through all these experiences. So basically the $85,000 was the most money she'd ever made in her life. And it basically changed her life and allowed her to put a down payment on a home, which she'd never owned before, you know, all that kind of stuff. So life changing and also baking bread, right? It's not something that like, it's kind of an old technology, right? So it's the kind of thing where there's lots of ways to make bread. Like you don't have to buy her course, but it seems like she's connecting with people in some authentic way that, that you know, they value and they're willing to, to pay for it. So that's like my story about like someone who's like changing lives and like going from what they're really good at. Quick little story of somebody who's like, I just want to have a side hustle. This guy um, was really interested in drop shipping, um, you know, which is where like basically other companies are are sending out stuff for people come to your website and, and place an order and then you don't have to handle the inventory. Somebody else sends it out. And he he approached this perspective from, I just want to have a side hustle. I don't care 
what the product is essentially. And so he made a list of like a hundred different products and he had these different criteria he was looking at. He's like, okay, there has to be more than one manufacturer for it. So I'm not too dependent. Uh, it has to be a market where there's not a lot of competitors. It has to be relatively high price because I, I need you know enough profit margin and so on. So basically he narrows down his list of a hundred ideas to the final idea, which is bouncy castles, like adult bouncy castles or bounce houses, you know, which people like rent or rent or buy for their party or something, you know. So he starts this website and, you know, basically has like frequently asked questions about bouncy castles. And he masters his SEO and gets like on the first page of Google. And in the first year, he makes $300,000 from the bouncy castle dropshipping site. And it's not like when he was a kid, that was his passion. It's not like he was like, I want to grow up and sell bouncy house castles. He just kind of thought logically, you know, how can I find something that I can then apply my skills to and get that out to people and, and make money from. So there's all kinds of ways people are making money. And every day I try to highlight a different one on the show. So one of the things that I can imagine that a lot of people come up with is uh, the mindset aspect of become going from just being someone who goes to their job, checks in, checks out, to thinking that, hey, I I could do this. Like mm-hmm. this this is possible for someone like me. And is there when I, you know, going back to, you know, your your original blog and your original PDFs and manifestos and everything that you wrote, those are the things for me that made me think, hey, you know, maybe I could try this too. Mm-hmm. Do, is there something that you tell uh people who are new to the side hustle world who are kind of thinking about jumping in, but also, you know, maybe thinking, you know, part of it is, Hey, you give them an episode every single day and you're you're showing them example after example, Mm -hmm. after example, but is there anything else that you kind of show people to say, Hey, you know, you can get over this, you know, mindset aspect and you can do it too. Well, I think the, the waterfall or the cascade, as you called it of examples is good because, you know, you, you might not relate to every single person that you hear about, but you're going to hear somebody that sounds like you and you're going to realize like, oh, they didn't have any advantage that, that you lack. And there is something that you can do. I guess maybe the other thing is like, I've deliberately targeted this project to people who are not entrepreneurs, who are not self-employed uh, and who don't necessarily even want to be those things. And I, I do that because I really felt, and I, I feel somewhat, you know, partially responsible for this, but I feel like there's this kind of thing in our culture where, you know, all the messages about entrepreneurship are like, you have to quit your job. And if you don't quit your job, like what's wrong with you? Why would you possibly want to work, you know, for a company or organization? Right. And like, uh, you know, I come from that perspective because, because that's been my experience, but lots of people are actually working for good companies or for the right organization, or they like being part of a team, or maybe they're working for other entrepreneurs, or maybe it's just like a time in their life where they can't just, you know, quit their job tomorrow and take a lot of risk. And they've got a family and a mortgage and all that kind of stuff. So I felt like nobody was actually catering to those people because, again, all the other messages were like very much kind of high risk or at least, you know, encouraging people to leap without a net and all that stuff. So I was like, this is basically for people who are in that situation where they actually like their job or for whatever reason, they can't leave their job now and don't don't want to. Uh, What can you do where you are? Like, what can you do with the skills you already have with the limited time that you have? Because you don't have like, you know, 20 extra hours a week. Uh, How can you really create an asset for yourself so that you have more security that brings you options in the future so that one day, even if you love your job, if the situation changes and all of a sudden you don't love it, then you've got something else you can work on. Or even if not, like at least you have a creative outlet. You can look at something and say that you made this. Like it just feels so empowering as, as you know, like to get paid from different sources and to get paid outside a paycheck. And so I want everybody to kind of feel that. So I would say that maybe the 
just encouraging people that they're not alone and that there's lots of people out there uh, who have this have similar goals and are kind of going down a similar path. Uh, perhaps that helps a little bit. So every time I, I hear someone go on the jobs are terrible rant right. and and they get really I'm like who hurt you like what happened because uh, some right. something about that tells me like. You know, jobs, you know, as long as you have a job that is interesting to you and it's not draining you out, your, you know, your, your boss isn't terrible. If you hate your job, that's one thing. But if you have a decent job and you get a paycheck every month or every week, every two weeks, mm -hmm. I haven't had one in a long time that tells you what I know, but, uh, it's like, that sounds like a good gig sometimes. Like, exactly. yeah, you, you don't, you, can, you, know, you don't have to worry all the time about, you know, paychecks and, uh, you know, all that. But, um, one of the things that I, I like how you've structured the show is that it is, uh, you, if you're stuck in a job or not, I don't, I don't want to use the word stuck, but if you're in a job and you, you usually are presented with the, one of those two options, either mm -hmm. full-time entrepreneurship, go, you know, raise funding or right. quit your job and just figure it out. Or you're stuck in, uh, you know, or you're in your day job and there's no one in your day job, maybe talking about entrepreneurship. And so even just tuning in and having 10 minutes a day of, examples and and changing the environment that you're in or uh the the realm of what's possible kind of starts to change things just because you're surrounding yourself in your eardrums with these stories of people who made mm -hmm. it happen and i think that is just one of those things that as if you hear it enough times and you're doing a show every single day mm -hmm. if you hear it enough times one of these days <laughs> eventually some idea is going to spring up in the back of your head and you're like, maybe I'll try that. Yeah. I mean, and if they're listening to the show, to, to your show or to my show or anything like this, like they've already identified themselves as being pro change and as being like people who want to better themselves. Like they, under, like I know, I know that everybody's busy, like nobody has free time, but if you're listening to this right now, like you've chosen to kind of invest in yourself because you want something greater than, you know, what you've known before, or what your friends are doing. And uh, so anything that we can do to support those people is great. You know, like ultimately they're the ones doing the work. Like I always want to acknowledge that whenever I get feedback of somebody's like, oh, you know, I was able to quit my job because of something, you know, in, in the book or whatever. I'm, I'm like, well, that's awesome. Like I, I really am honored to be part of it. But let's be clear, you know, lots of people read the book and never do anything, probably, you know, 90% plus, you know, so you're the one. So, you know, you're the one who took action, right? So you should be, you know, commended for that. And I'm glad to be like a little support. So for people who are looking at this and saying, hey, what, you know, what can a side hustle really do for me? Um, you know, like you said, it depends on the work. It depends on what people put into it. It depends on, you know, the opportunities you're finding and everything. But, you know, when you talk about this, it is, it is a lot of people still do have that mindset of either I need to go find something that's going to make me, you know, replace my, uh, my day job income mm -hmm. or it's not worth doing. And, and mm -hmm. what's like a realistic way to look at side hustles in a way that, uh, someone can kind of just start tinkering with stuff and and mm -hmm. and find out what comes up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of scary to think like the only option is you have to replace your your day job from a salary that presumably like you've been working in that job for a while and maybe you have a college degree or some other qualification that you know you're an expert, you're pretty good at your job. So that's a that's going to be really hard all of a sudden, you know, tomorrow or next week or next month to to replace that. So I think that's that is why people rightly feel maybe intimidated or not intimidated, but they just feel kind of daunted by it. And so, you know, uh, like I said about the whole $500 a month thing, like it's somewhat of an, ar somewhat an arbitrary number. It's like, 
like the subtitle, sub, the subtitle of the book is from idea to income in 27 days. And so I put together this 27 day format where every day you have one step, you, have, you know, day one, step one, day two, step two. So you have this whole thing. It's really funny because people ask like, why 27? You know, they think like, uh, like I, I don't start with like, I, I want to have 27 steps. I start with like, what is the outcome? What am I trying to teach people? And then what is the best way to then break that down? And then the framework comes from that. So you know, 27 is somewhat arbitrary. $500 a month is somewhat arbitrary. However, like for people who are listening, like you can ask yourself, like what would $500 a month extra do for me? Like, what would that mean? Um, if it wasn't coming from my paycheck, but it was coming from somewhere else, you know, or a thousand dollars a month or whatever it is. So I hear like story after story just about every night when I'm on tour of people who talk about how like the first time they, they made something and sold it, right. Which could just be on Etsy or on eBay or something like that. Something really, really simple. You know, maybe they learned to make a, a basic website and in two weeks, you know, they had a blog or they had a product or some kind of consulting or coaching service. They got their first client. They talk about how like when they made that first sale, it's it like it feels different than anything they've ever experienced. And they they, they feel like they've almost look at look at their life differently. Like, well, I can't believe like a stranger, you know, sent me sixty dollars or something. And you know, often it leads to like much more. You know, after that, like you actually end up growing a business and making a lot more money. But even just the act of doing it's, it is, is empowering. So that's why I'm trying to encourage people to take action quickly. Um, a couple of things you can do. You can do a little inventory of your skills, like focus more on your skills than your passion. I think uh, people ask themselves too much, like, what am I passionate about? How can I make a business out of it? Let's think about what you're good at, you know, what's valuable, helpful, useful to other people. What kind of questions do people ask you about all the time? Like what comes easy to you that's, that's hard for other people uh, and so on. And then the second approach is, you know, don't follow a passion, follow a problem. Like pay attention throughout daily life to, to things that frustrate you, that annoy you, uh, that could be done better. Um, and, you know, find a way to create a simple solution to something. Don't worry about changing the world. Don't worry about making the next iPhone. You know, focus on something that you can fix, right? Something that you can fix and improve and make somebody's life better. And that that's, you know, I don't want to say it's easy. Like I try not to use the word easy because, you know, things that are worth doing sometimes require effort and, you know, you might fail in one way and you have to try again, but it's, it can be simple. I guess that's what I mean to say. It can be simple. One of the things that uh, I liked about the focus on no passion is that the uh, that's the kind of the reverb that just keeps going on. It's follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. And one of the things that I found is that that one, it's not necessarily useful to other people. I can like ice cream. Right. I can be very passionate about exactly. ice cream. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I don't know how to make it or if I'm not giving it to people faster, or if I'm just loving ice cream, all I'm going to, I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat ice cream and not do anything. Um, it doesn't, ne doesn't necessarily translate to anything profitable. Uh, but the other thing is that a lot of the things that, like people can find these niches in like sourdough bread. Mm -hmm. They could be, they, they can seem boring on the surface, but then as you dig in, uh, there's really something to it and you can kind of fall in love with the, the overall problem, like mm -hmm. you said, yeah. of, yeah. of solving that problem. And the, then that solving the problem becomes your passion or whatever. You get really interested in it and that's, that can be its own thing. It can be very rewarding, you know, to, to know that you're helping people and to, to, you know, see payment notifications come in and you're like, wow, somebody actually chose to, you know, spend the $39 on the bread course or whatever. And, you know, then you go and look at your ratings and you see all these people with nice things to say. It's like, it, it can actually be very motivating to, to do that. And so, yeah, you may not be the most passionate about that topic or whatever, but then as you said, as you follow, follow your skill and realize the intersection between, you know, your skill and how that's benefiting other people, that that's almost like a self-reinforcing circle. 
the one of the other things is I think once you find out that you can create something and put it out there in the world, and then like you just made something mm-hmm. and and out of nothing, uh, that for me it's been one of those uh, landmark things where once I realized I could go ahead and affect the world. And I think Steve Jobs has a quote about once you realize that everything mm. in the world is made up by people just right. like you, right. you can make your own things and you can go do your own things. And even something like that is making it like a $20 thing that you're going to sell on Etsy and you're going to go put it out there. You know, you're going to make 20 bucks and 18 of that is profit. But the way it opens up your worldview to looking at everything around you as problems or, uh, you know, temporary limits that you can go push past it, that that to me is the biggest piece of entrepreneurship because I was messing around with stuff for two or three years while I still had a job, mm-hmm. uh, and and it just affected the way I approached all of my goals, all the things that I wanted to do, and uh, it all started from trying to figure out what I could create, what I could put out there uh, that people you know might find valuable. Yeah. And it also led to lots of changes in your life as well. Like aside from work, I mean, like your work, obviously your income, your ability to travel and be location independent. Uh, but then it led, you know, to this quest that you, that you undertook and like all the struggles that you had for, for that. And then, you know, the huge success of, of all the funds that were raised, you know, for, for pencils or pencils of promise and is it pencils for promise, pencils of promise. Yeah. That pencils great, of promise. Pencils they of really promise. need to clarify it because yeah. everybody has an issue. Right. I mean, I would say pencils and promises, you know, anyway, that great thing, that, that great thing like that. I, I would say that stuff came from the, you know, like the genesis of that is in those first experiments that you did. And then as you did more and it's like you embraced like the impossible concept and, and I know you went through some struggles with that, um, with the lawsuits and everything, like it all led to like what you're doing now and what you're doing now is going to lead to the next thing. So it kind of, kind of builds. So to take it back to the beginning, all the ultra marathons that I, I, I just finished up last year started with running a 5k about two weeks, I think before I launched, uh, two weeks, maybe after I launched the blog and about a week before I met you for your first book tour. Mm. So pulling that all full circle. Uh, but yeah, it's, it kind of all kind of grew out of that. I was like, oh, let's see what I can do with this 5k. And then it ended up, you know, taking me, you know, everywhere. Right. 5k. <laughs> wow. Trying to try to, trying from, to trying to get as many countries as you are. So five, from 5k um, to, to you know, seven ultra marathons. Right. So, be, so I guess the, the, the tip for listeners is be careful what you wish for, you know, be careful when, once you start going down some road, you don't, you don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so as far as, uh, you know, if people are interested in, uh, you know, starting to do a side hustle, you have the book, you have uh, the podcast, where are the best places that people can kind of dig in and find out more about the side hustle lifestyle? Sure. Um, well, yeah, I try to do 80% or more of my work for free or low cost. Uh, so, you know, the book is available at every library. If you don't want to buy it, it's also at every bookstore, online retailer. Uh, sidehustleschool.com. You can come there. I've got some free stuff. The show's free every day. Um, I would say I would say start with that. And then pretty much every day on the show, I'm talking about different resources and other websites and other people doing interesting stuff. And so for every single episode, we have show notes, just like you do on your, on your show, I'm sure. And uh, you know, in those notes, we're linking out to a lot of other resources as well. Okay. Uh, one more question for you before uh, I let you go. As far as uh, you said, you have 45, 45 cities down yes, on this like tour. That. I need to count them up. And trying to get to 100. Uh, beyond that, what's next? What's next for you? You've, mm. uh, you've been to every country in the world. Mm-hmm. You travel all the time. You write books on a 
insane schedule that I have no idea it makes me feel inadequate. I got to keep <laughs> up really. with you, but uh, keep waiting for your book, Joe. Um, yeah, I'm 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 working on it. Okay. Uh, I'll uh, I'll work on it. But uh, what's next for you? Yeah, I think right now I'm still I'm still actually completely immersed and invested. Um, in the, the side hustle concept uh, for all of 2018, like I renewed the commitment to do an episode every single day. So it's basically our second set of 365 stories. And of course, I'm doing other stuff too. But, but I like having this framework or this routine, like no matter what else I'm doing in my life, no matter where I am in the world, like there is this episode that's that's going out. So I'm focused on that. Um, we, you know, we produce World Domination Summit going into year number eight of that. Um, we've definitely evolved over the past couple of years. I uh, would love for anybody who's listening to come and join us. Uh, it's in the summer every year in Portland, Oregon. Uh, what else am I doing? I don't know. Just trying to, I don't know, just trying to find my way through life. You know, like we're all on a journey, right? Um, we're all trying to to make our way. So whenever we do these interviews, it's always like, you know, want to be careful about like being put on a pedestal or whatever, because I have issues. I have problems just like anybody else. So um, trying to work through some of that stuff too. Can I, uh, I, I like to ask our guests one other question before, uh, they get off. And the, the question is a lot of times we talk about stuff that we went through and, uh, we do like a retrospective on it. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, when we're looking at challenges or we're thinking about doing challenges, uh, there's something out there that scares us that we're like, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Yet. <laughs> um, I'd, lo- I'd love to tell the story, you know, when it's all done, but is there anything going on or any big things that you're kind of like eyeing that? you know, maybe scare you or you're not sure you're like, you want to talk about it until the story's all over. Um, is there anything like that? Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't mind uh, answering that question. It's good actually. Uh, I mean, I am struggling a bit with depression and anxiety and I write about it a little bit on my blog, uh, to some, some degree. And I do hope to be able to share more about that at some point. Um, but I say, that's just something I'm trying to kind of work through and, uh, you know, got some different treatments and just trying to, to, figure out, you know, what I should do. And I think maybe it's like, there's this quote I heard a long, long time ago from uh, Jason Mraz, the musician. And he talked about like going through this period of depression himself. And he said, like, everybody was like, oh, but you have like a great life, you know, and uh, you have everything. Right. And he said, well, you know, I'm successful, but just because you're successful doesn't mean you can't experience melancholy or sorrow, you know, or loss or anything like that. And I, I thought a lot about that. And so I mean, those are the kind of things that I'm working through or trying to, broadly speaking. But when you go down that road, it's kind of like the the, the impossible ultramarathon road. You don't always know what the, what's on the other side. You don't know exactly where you're going to end up. Uh, so that's the that's the fun experience in my life at the moment. Well, I think I think the lesson there is that even though you're successful, it doesn't mean you can't have problems. But also. Uh, just because you have problems doesn't mean you can't keep pushing forward. And you're doing that every single day with the podcast. You're inspiring a lot of people and uh, you're changing a lot of lives, including mine. So I have to thank say thank you one more time thank for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, I will link to all the things that you mentioned uh, down in the show notes. And uh, uh, I'm sure when you have a new project coming up, uh, we'll get you back on the podcast and we'll do this all again sometime soon. Okay. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much, Joel. All right. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. All right, there we go. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Chris. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the podcast. And I want to say thank you from me for all the things that you've done over the last seven years. If you guys want to win a copy of Chris's book, Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days, I'm giving away three copies. And all you have to do is leave a review on iTunes for the podcast and then tweet or share it on Facebook and tag Impossible HQ in the comments. I'll pick three winners and send those books out and you guys can use it to start getting started on your side hustle. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can leave a 
rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way for more people to find out about us. We're still on the homepage of iTunes, so we're getting a lot of new listeners. Thank you guys for listening. A recent review I want to highlight it says, get off the hamster wheel. Joel offers so much knowledge on how you can stop running on the hamster wheel and start expanding your mind, money, body, and life to do impossible things. Thank you, City Light 6. It's not just me. It's a lot of the guests that I'm very lucky to get on this show. So go ahead and leave a rating or review. It helps us out a ton. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we are doing a cold shower therapy winter challenge. You can find all the details at impossiblechallenges.com. It's a private Facebook group you can join and join other people doing hard, impossible things. Cold shower therapy is a 30-day challenge where you can actually practice getting comfortable while doing something uncomfortable. A lot of people talk about it. A lot of people post Instagram quotes. Very few people do it. So here at Impossible, we're a little bit about talk, but we're mostly about action. So get out of your mind. Get into your body. Take the challenge. Join the group, impossiblechallenges.com. Check it out. Finally, if you want to support your body, you've got aches and pains, or you're an athlete, and I like the quote, if you've got a body, you're an athlete, and you want to start performing better, you want to start feeling better, you want to start moving well, check out movewellapp.com. This is the mobility app that I wish I would have had when I first got hurt. We built it specifically to help athletes get stronger, faster, help reduce the friction to actually do mobility work. If you're sitting down at your desk for eight hours a day and you do 10 to 15 minutes of mobility work, you're going to feel a world of difference. Trust me on this. Go check it out. It's a free app. You can subscribe to a pro edition, but you can check it out. You can download. You can use the routines for free. It's going to get you started taking care of your body. One of my favorite quotes in the world is, there's no such thing as overtraining, just under recovery. So MoveWell app will help make sure you get your 10 to 15 minutes of recovery in a day. It'll make it easy, make it simple. Check it out, MoveWellApp.com. Get stronger, get faster, and start moving well today. All right, guys, that's it for the show. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. Until next week, keep pushing your limits and do something impossible.